0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Doing great. Uh, I didn't get to see the show of hands or whoever said, who here is happy about this cold weather change from Pastor Andrew? Who here is like, I'm ready to move to Florida because it's too cold? Perfect. Yeah. I used to be in that boat, but I feel like after being in North Carolina for two years, I'm finally reaching a point where I'm like, oh, this four season thing I can actually get pretty used to, right? Yesterday, um, for those of you who don't know, my wife and I, we lead a, a hiking small group, and we were waking up yesterday, we were getting ready. I was just kind of throwing on some clothes, minding my own business, and Natalie was being responsible and actually checking the weather. But we looked at the weather in the mountain, and we realized that the low was gonna be like 21, and the high was like 48. And a year ago I would have been like we you can't go outside in this weather. These are not livable conditions, like we gotta cancel. I was ready to text him and be like we can't go but we decided to go and man what a beautiful day. You know the, the sun was out, there was no breeze and it was just we were once we were moving, it just felt perfect and we were with friends and just a great great start to the weekend and then of course I'm a big football fan so I watched the Florida Gators or I saw the highlights and they won by 56 points so I was ecstatic about that. More importantly, uh, we saw the big bad Alabama get whooped on for a little bit. Anyone here an Alabama fan? Perfect, great, we're in right company. Um, But I do see Penn State fans had a bit of a rough day, right? Are, Are Penn State fan? anyone? No, why'd I think? Penn State had a rough day, for those of you who don't know. But anyways, um, man, it was just a fun day, and we get to continue a great weekend with just being able to worship God and be with y'all. So I appreciate you letting me be here. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with you guys this morning. Um, But as we go into it, I would just like to pray for our time together, if that's all right. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to just come together as your church and worship you, God. Lord, as we continue in our worship, I pray that you just open our hearts for what it is that you have in store for us, Lord. That you prepare our minds to to not just listen to these words, but to hear from you, God. That we can leave here today um, just completely changed. Knowing you a little bit better and knowing how it is that you want us to, to honor you and to reflect your image, God. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So for those of you who haven't been here for the last couple weeks, just a little bit of a recap, but we are currently in uh, a six-week series on the book of Ephesians. And I love the name that we have for this series because we called it God's Work in Our Walk. God's Work in Our Walk. And I think that's so fitting because if you read the book of Ephesians, um, it's written by Paul who was really one of the core leaders in the early church, wrote about a third of the New Testament. But what we see in this book, or what we see in this letter, is a little bit of a different style of writing than what we typically see from Paul. Paul is usually a pretty blunt guy, pretty straightforward. Uh, A lot of his letters are typically, he's addressing a certain group of people, He's given them some real tough things to try to figure out, things to kind of ponder and wrestle with. And and, and as he does that, he knows the people that he's writing to. And he gives them specific challenges and things that he wants them to work on. You know, what are some things that you can be applying to your life as believers to really focus in on becoming the people that you're called to? But with Ephesians, particularly with the first half of the book, we see a little bit of a different style from him. We get a little bit of a different vibe. Because Ephesians is much more of a, a very wordy book, it starts out. He, he's really just expressing not specific issues, but just celebrating who God is and acknowledging and praising God for what he's done uh, in our lives and just acknowledging who God is uh, as our God. And so in the first week, uh, we heard Pastor Stan really just just kind of uh, break down, you know, who is the God that we worship? What does it mean that we are saved by Jesus Christ? And what is the Holy Spirit actually doing in our lives? And we got to look into that a little bit. And then last week, um, we got to look at one of Paul's prayers for people. In this letter, he actually writes out like, for the believers, this is what I'm praying for them to have. He he prays for us to have wisdom for the Holy Spirit, to hear from God, to understand from him what it is that he's calling us to do. And, And we get to continue today Um, which if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter two. And we're gonna continue on with that same concept, but just a little bit uh, of context right before this passage. And we're gonna be in Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10. But right before this, we finish up that prayer that I was just talking about from Paul. And specifically what Paul is asking is that the believers would have uh, a realization to come to understand the power of God to be enlightened to not only who God is, but how powerful our God is. That God is the powerful God who who raised Jesus from the dead. That it's from God's power that, that he was able to take Jesus and sit him at the right hand of the Father. That it's his power that allows Jesus to be the head of the church. And he acknowledges and just really takes a step back and looks at this grand idea of the power of our God. But now, as we're going into to chapter two, what he's doing is he's still focusing on God's power, but now he's saying, how does that apply to each and every one of our lives? You know, we recognize how great our God is, but what does that mean for each of us? And I love what Paul is doing here because really what he's doing is he's setting up the gospel. He's setting up who God is and what that means to us. And he's really turning it into A bit of a story that we get to tell, right? Because I don't know how many of you guys have a a TV show or a movie that you can just, you can put it on whenever, you can quote it nonstop, or you just know the ins and outs of this movie or show. For me, it's Seinfeld. Has anyone here ever watched Seinfeld? Some people? Good. People that have a great sense of humor. Um, Seinfeld, I can put that show on nonstop, right? And I can put an episode on in the middle of the season and you know, pick up right where I left off. And, and, and I just know what's going on in the show. I've just seen it so many times. Natalie likes the show, but after being married for as long as we have, she's probably like, I'm pretty sick of watching Simpsons. But um, she'll watch it, and we'll watch the same episode. And she'll see a funny part, and she's like, oh, that's pretty funny. But then I gotta tell her, no, 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 no. This joke might be funny in the moment, but this joke has been talked about for episodes and episodes. It's been referred to in the past. It's been building off of each other. So when we're watching it here, it's not just something being said in the moment, but this is a bigger joke that you need to realize. And sometimes she still doesn't get it. So then we have to take a Saturday and just watch the whole season. And then she realizes, okay, it's funny. But um, but all that to say, I feel like that's kind of like what Paul is doing here. He, he's breaking down a specific thing. And he's talking about one, how great God is, Right how great God is in the story that he's playing out that's all about him, but he's also saying, hey, that same story has a personal aspect to it. There's a role that we get to play in it. And there's something that not only is the big picture of what God is doing, but that also applies to every single one of our lives, right? And it might work out in each of our lives in a slightly different way, but we are all still part of the big picture, So as we're going through today, there's two things that that I just want us to be able to address. One is what is God doing personally in our lives? You know, if you're here today, we're all in the same boat, the fact that we're imperfect people. We all struggle with sins. We all struggle with things that, that have happened in the past. And yet we all can acknowledge that we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. You know, that it's what God was able to do on the cross that allowed us to be forgiven for our sins and be reconciled to him. That there's a personal aspect to the big story. But also, number two, once we come to realize that, that our story is really a part of something bigger, right? That we all have a personal experience, but really what's happening in our lives is more so about what is God planning to do? Not just for us, but for the church and really the entire world. So as we go through today, I just want to look at those two things. How does this story and how does this passage apply to us personally? But also what does it mean in the bigger picture, right? So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians chapter two. And we're going to read through the first 10 verses. And what we're going to see here is that there's actually four things, four themes that we can see at work in all of our lives. Starting with verse one, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, what are the things that we see at work in this passage? The first thing is that in the first couple of verses, we see that there's a sin that is at work against us. And if I can be honest, I, I feel like as a church, this is something that we we struggle with addressing, really. You know, we we love to think about the fact that, oh, there's an overarching sin problem. There was a fall before I was born. And we can address like, because of what Jesus did, I'm forgiven for our sins. But we don't necessarily always do a great job of expressing or realizing what that means in each of our lives. You know, we, we don't always make the connection of, hey, this is something that is in scripture that applies to all of us. But there's also a real applicable way that it applies to me personally. And when you look at this word, when you look at at what it's talking about when it says sin, this word can actually be translated as an archery term and it's representing the idea that there's a target, there's a mark that we're supposed to be aiming for and yet we're not able to hit it, that we missed that mark. And really for each of us, that that can play out in a lot of different ways. You know, we, we might be able to see what God is calling us to do. We might be able to see the target, see the mark, and yet we're trying to aim for it, but we just fall short. Or we're not able to reach that target. You know, you, we, we might wake up in the morning and be like, you know what, God? I, I I know I have a temper problem, right? And I know I get aggravated and frustrated quickly, but I'm gonna work on trying to make sure I don't do that. Or maybe, God, I I know you're calling me to... To be a a better husband to my wife. And I wanna go into my marriage and I wanna try to do what I can to help serve that marriage instead of take away from it. Whatever it might be for us, whatever it is that we're addressing, the the fact of the matter is we have great aspects and great determination and great things that we wanna try to do in the morning, but after we go to work or we drop the kids off or, or we go about the day, we get caught up into the same patterns and routines. And no matter how hard we try, we, we might just not end up being the people that we're, we're setting out to be. We might miss the mark by, by possibly, we see what God's calling us to, we see the target, and yet we're just focused and aiming at something completely different, right? But God, I, I know I've said for years that I wanna read your word. And it's going to require me getting up a little bit before work, but I want to stop telling. I want to stop trusting what people are just telling me about your word, and I want to read it for myself, and I want to hear from you from Scripture. And I'm going to get up early, and I'm going to do it. That's, that's what we should be striving for, but really our focus is, you know what, that snooze button just feels really good in the morning. Am I right? You know, or my time is a little bit more valuable for me to sleep in. It could be something like, hey, maybe, maybe you drive by, East Lincoln Christian Ministries and you see it every day on the way home from work and you're like, you know what? This is the month that I'm finally gonna say, I'm gonna go there on a Saturday and I'm gonna help out. I've been thinking about it for a long time and and I know I'm supposed to make it happen, but at the end of the day, what do we end up focusing on? I I really enjoy my Saturday to myself. You know, college football games are getting pretty intense and I think I'd rather watch that than, than go and do what I'm called to. And the things that we're focusing on aren't necessarily bad things, but you know what? They're not the things from God. That we have a conviction and we have something that God is calling us to and yet we don't want to put our focus on it. We want to put our focus on the things that we'd rather put our attention and our efforts into. Or maybe we just don't even know that there's a target that we should be aiming for in the first place, you know? And I think that's pretty prevalent in in culture today. You know, we live in a culture where we, it's easy to say your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, and as long as we're not fighting or clashing or causing any harm, then, then you're living the way you're supposed to be and I'm living the way I'm supposed to be. And we can tell ourselves that and we can try to make ourselves believe it, but even if I'm saying to myself that I, I'm living the life I'm called to, we still deal with shame, doubt, things that we don't want to share with people, things that we don't want to admit to because at the end of the day we know there's something missing there. There's something not right. We all have these things that we struggle with. There is a, there's a sin pattern that applies to all of us, and yet it's portrayed in different ways. And I think it's, it's one of the things that the church, we, we really need to be better at focusing on. It's because when we can acknowledge what sin actually looks like in our life, then we can address the problem. And then we can realize the next great work that's happening in this passage, and that is, what God was able to do for us. You know, when I, when I was in high school and I was going to youth group, um, I would hear all the time, you know, God has forgiven you for your sins. What Jesus did on the cross has reconciled you to God. And it was one thing when I heard like, okay, my sins are forgiven, but it was completely something else. When I looked inside of myself and I realized, you know what, Nick's a pretty prideful person. Nick tends to try to be self-reliant. He wants to to do his own thing and he wants to get rewarded for what he's doing. Nick can be pretty angry or competitive or, or really, you know, tear people down instead of build them up. You know, there was a difference when I realized, hey, those imperfections are happening in my life. That sin is happening in my life. And as much as I try, I can't do anything about it. It's when we realize the personal um, application of the sin work in our lives that we really get to recognize, hey, we couldn't do it on our own. We needed a savior. We needed someone to carry that burden for us. And that is what Jesus did. And our past becomes something not to be ashamed of, but something that we can say, God, thank you for doing a work on the cross that I can now be forgiven and have a relationship with you for it. And that's the thing that we celebrate, all of us as believers. But then the story continues. And, and what's great is that we realize that our salvation isn't, isn't the last page of the book, but really it's the front page. Because the moment we recognize our sin, the moment we're reconciled through Christ, it doesn't just end there, but God is continuing to do a work in us. And we continue to be transformed by His Spirit. You know, I I read a story as I was studying, and I was reading a story about how they used to train elephants, right? And and what they would do is when an elephant was a baby, um, they would take a, like a small piece of rope, right? Like a really fragile one. But they would tie it around the elephant's leg, and they would tie it to a stake. And as a baby, the elephant would try to break it, would try to rip free from it, would try to wrestle with it, but eventually it would give up because he's like, you know what, I'm just a baby, I can't handle this. It's it's too strong for me, right? But as the elephant grows up and as he gets bigger, full-grown adult elephant that can easily snap that rope, he's still being contained to that same spot. He's not going to break that rope. Why? Because he's already trained himself, I can't beat that thing. That thing's got me tied down and I can't do anything about it. And I think that's the same thing that applies to each of us. Look, we have salvation because of what Christ did on the cross and we are saved through faith in what Jesus did, but that doesn't mean that there aren't things that we need to continue to wrestle through. It doesn't mean that there's addictions or or personality traits or things that we have to wrestle with and realize, hey, you know what? These things in my life are not what God called me to be but then we gotta continue to work those things out. You know, when you look at when the people of Israel were freed from Egypt, they get out of Egypt and they go to Mount Sinai and what happens? They get the 10 commandments. They get the law from God, not to just give them a rule book that they had to follow, but that was God's opportunity to say, hey, you know what? You were a slave people, you were set free, but you haven't learned what it means to live a free life yet. You don't understand how to live a life past the things that were holding you back, past the things that were holding you in captivity. And I want to walk through that with you. I want to show you how to be the people that you're called to. And today, because of what Jesus did, we have more than just the Old Testament. We have more than just the scriptures. We have the spirit of God dwelling inside of us. That the moment we encounter Christ, he begins to do a work in us and we start to feel the convictions. We start to feel and understand what it's like to live the life God's calling, to, calling us to. We read scripture and we don't just read it for words sake, but we get to hear from God. This is what I'm calling you to transform in your life. And we put ourselves in an environment with other believers and we put ourselves in a place where we can be built up and encouraged and pray for. And then we continue to live out what God is working in us so that the story of salvation isn't what, that it's just, I was a sinner and then Jesus died on the cross and I was forgiven and it stops there. No, it's that I was a sinner, Jesus died on the cross and now he continues to do a work in me so that when I look back, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. I am new and transformed into who God is calling me to be. And people see that and they realize, wow, there is something more to life than what we're doing on this earth that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And as he's doing that work in us, as he's continuing to transform us, we see the fourth work that's happening in this passage, and it's God's work through us. I love how it says it in verse 10. It says that we were created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, as we're continuing to be transformed, we're not just changing our personality. We're not just changing our habits, but we're also getting convictions. We're getting passions. We're getting desires. And we're realizing, you know what? That There's a calling that God has in my life. There's something that I'm meant to be doing. There's a reason that that I have the gift of organization or or that I can can talk to a small group or or I can study and understand and explain it in a way that's teachable to people. There's things that God gives each of us, but what's great about the story of God is that he didn't just give us those things to apply it to ourselves, but he gave us those things to say, you know what, you can can use us to do great things for my kingdom. The great thing about God's story is that it is personal to every single one of us. We all had things we have to struggle with, things that we can leave at the cross and be reconciled to God about. But then he continues to work in us and continues to, to show us the things that he's calling us to. And then we're invited into the bigger story. And then our satisfaction in our life isn't just about what I can get out of it, but what can I do to glorify God with it? And when the church starts to do that all together, then we truly see transformation happen because then the church is reflecting who God has called us to be. And the world sees that and they realize, you know what? We were created for something more. So as we leave here today, um, in the spirit of, how do we make this personal? How do we apply this to our lives? I just want to leave you guys with a couple of of application questions. Things that you can talk about on the drive home or even in your personal quiet time, but things that I feel like we all need to be asking. And it's not just a one-time question, but it's things that we can always be asking ourselves to continue to become who we're called to be. The first question is, what are the things that I need to address in my life? there's a sin that's in this world, but but what is it doing in my life that I really need to address? Number two, what do I need to bring to the cross? You know, it's it's one thing for us to, to realize that there's something going on in our life, but it's something completely different to say, you know what? I can't handle this on my own. And I need the blood of Jesus to be reconciled from it. Number three, what is God doing in me right now? What is he showing you? What what is he convicting me about to say, you know what? I'm ready to take the next step in my walk with God and I'm ready to be obedient and to listen and actually follow the path that he's giving me. And then number four, what am I being prepared for? Because like we said, the story doesn't just end right here. But God is preparing you for a good work. He's calling you into something that you might not even know what it is yet. But as you continue to pursue Him, He'll show it to you. And that might be different for all of us, but that's also why we're called the body of Christ. Because Christ is gonna have an influence when he uses us in different ways to impact different areas to ultimately have an impact for his kingdom. Will you stand with me as we pray out? Father God, we just love you. We thank you for today. We thank you for who you are, Lord. That regardless of where we stand with you, that you are the God that deserves the glory and the honor. That you are above all things. And yet, you loved each of us enough that while we were still sinners, while we still struggled, you sent your son to die on the cross for us, God. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you just continue to do a work in us to help us understand where we are in the story. For some of us, it might be just really recognizing and acknowledging who you are for the first time. Might be that, no, I gotta stop ignoring this and I gotta do what God's calling me to. But whatever it is, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you speak to each of us now, not for our own sake, so that we can be a part of what you are doing, God. We love you, we thank you. In your name we cry. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.